Oh, oh, one more thing. Just One More Thing, a podcast all about Columbo. I'm John Morris. And I'm R.J. White. This time we're talking about A Trace of Murder, originally broadcast May 15th, 1997, directed by Vincent McGeevity, written by Charles Kipps, starring David Roshane, Sheer Denise, Barry Corbin, and Peter Falk as Columbo. And every episode of the podcast, we are joined by a special guest to help us discuss Columbo. This time around, we are welcoming back uh, staff writer for the AV Club and cultural critic Gwen Inat. But before we bring her on, RJ, uh, tell us what was happening in this thing. And if possible, put it at the end of the show and make it last about half an hour. Who watches The Watchmen, John? What mm-hmm. happens when those sworn to pull the law, or at the very least, dust for prints, break it? We find out in this episode which she's David Roche as Patrick Kinsley. A man who's conspiring with Shira Denise to frame her husband, a uh, oil man, investment guy, oil oil investment guy. I, you know what? We'll just go with rich Texan for murder. Kinsey kills their rich Texans, business rival in cold blood, leaving traces of the cigar chomping angry man's habits all over the crime scene. In comes Columbo and a twist. Turns out <laughs> Kinsley's the lead CSI guy for the APD. It's an inside job. At every stage of the investigation, he tries to point the finger of justice toward the wrong person, but bit by bit, Columbo begins to see through the lies and obfuscation. In the end, with the help of Barney's beanery, car sickness, and bananas, lots and lots of bananas, Lieutenant is able to foil their plot and then spend the last 20 minutes of the episode explaining how he was able to foil their plot. Gwen, welcome back to the program. (laughs) Hey guys, thanks for having me. Well, thanks for uh, agreeing. Pleasure, to, always a pleasure. Thanks for agreeing to do this again, and uh, particularly agreeing to do it for a '90s Columbo episode, which is uh, very, very uh, uh, typically seen as not the best ones. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's definitely. Uh, yeah, they they definitely. It's weird. They don't age as well as the 1970s ones. That's they a great are. way to put it. Yes. Yeah, they don't. Which, which is weird, I think, I, uh, so, for me, and you folks, uh, your opinion on this too, I don't have a problem with the performers and, and how they actually uh, performed the material, but the material itself was not great, I feel like, in this. How do you folks feel about that? Uh, I definitely agree. I, uh... I watched this. My husband and I are huge Columbo fans. It's probably one of the reasons we got married. And they're still like, wow. oh, it's strong. Um, there's, and there's still enough of like the Columbo charm with the bananas to get us through. <laughs> but the I'm just looking up the writer, Charles Kipps. It's like you don't need to bang us over the head with everything. Like we know what Columbo is, is witnessing. And so we don't need him to say like, they already know each other. You know what I mean? Yes. Was so that was the thing that, that, that last, I mean, yeah, we'll start, we'll start with the last, uh, segment of the show, the episode that to me killed any goodwill built up through the previous, <laughs> like uh, hour and a half or so. That you mean thing, like the, the recap at the end? Yes. The recap. Well, yeah. The recap, the episode, anything they'd built up, um, was just pretty much eh, gone from that like there was no yeah i don't know 
Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was just oh. it was just so unpleasant and just unneeded and any goodwill that I had felt towards the rest of it. David Roche's performance was great. Barry Corbin, Corbin, I love seeing him in anything. Um, but yeah, getting to the end of this, uh, that thing where Columbo just recaps exactly what you had seen not too long before was not... Yeah, it was just unnecessary and not good. I think they were just kind of acknowledging that the audience was getting, you know, kind of old. This one, <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. This one, you know, this this one had a lot of the traits of a 90s Columbo. You had to have the people who were very nice, very old people, usually very successful, who liked Columbo and treat him nice. Like oh. Harry and Harriet, the wedding yeah, the amateur wedding parents. Sleuths. Yes, the amateur. Actually, I liked the amateur sleuth thing. I thought that was good. The uh, the neighbor from the Jeffersons, right? Saying he offering his services to Columbo that he was some sort of amateur sleuth. Yes, I thought that Absolutely. was kind of funny. But yeah. I really wanted to see that like materialize as a plot device. I wanted him to find something seemingly important that right. would actually just lead Columbo to something else. Yeah, mm-hmm. but instead he just that... uh, hung his head out a window and yelled at him later <laughs> on, and that's it. Looked like he was telling him the wizard wasn't in. Yeah. Yes, pretty much. Well, I like that. I'm so sorry, Gwen. I just like that RJ already has the defeated trademark Vincent McKeevity voice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you already have his name pronunciation down, so you're obviously familiar with these with these failures. Yeah. Yeah. The last one he did though was superb. Huh. That's the crazy thing. A bird in the hand is. We flipped over that episode. Yeah, no, that was actually very good. That felt like a seventy, like a good seventies episode, and he didn't really. Yeah, he never did a seventies episode. He actually did a good seventies episode uh, in nineteen ninety two, and then uh, everything else is like, oh, okay, oh, yeah. But he did do Undercover, which was the episode that almost killed us. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was terrible. Uh. Death hits a jackpot, which eh, yeah. we like to well, do better. One but... of the things it was one of the things I kind of wanted to do, and I don't, I don't know if Gwen feels that she's got you know uh, memories enough of all the episodes we're going to discuss. But I was thinking it would be fun to take all seven of the episodes McKeevity directed, decide if they if they are terrible or good, and then see if we can really nail down his legacy in a completely mathematical fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, mean, I mean the thing is like a bird a bird in the hand was great but yeah. then you have rest in peace mrs columbo which but he did death hits the jackpot and we actually really enjoyed death hits the jackpot yeah that was all right but then uh strange bedfellows is like yeah even though it's McGoon one yeah well here's uh i will tell you here's where where this could become a controversial episode i actually liked it this one you like this one a lot not a lot Unreserved, <laughs> you like unreservedly. You thought this was a good episode. Yeah, it should have deserved it. Deserved it. No, Did I just a head injury before the ending. So <laughs> okay, I I disown the ending. I will tell you that that was we we watched it. Uh, my wife and I on Friday, and then again on Saturday. And uh, Saturday became the it was half. It was for some reason fifteen minutes shorter. I don't know why. And then we watch it again Monday, same deal. We just can't do it again. That one time was so interminable. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. No, it, it's... And it's... Yeah. And it really was just like, you know, we expect our audience might be dozing off during the episode, so we're going to catch them up. Is that it? Because they didn't do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the problem I had with it was it was so... 
And with, with a couple of other elements in it, it just seemed so unlike a typical Columbo thing, which it's not even a thing where I'm like, must always be the same, always the same structure. It just seems like that was just so obviously weird and unnecessary, along with a couple other things, too, with like the way he kind of entraps him at the end. is not exactly like Columbo does that in other episodes. Oh, that, was an, that was even close to entrapment. But, no, but the way he does that is not usually the type of thing he needs to do. No, he he doesn't usually do that, but that's a good one. That's a good cop way of getting him. I, it's, a good, it's, it's a good cop way. It's a good cop show way of yeah, getting him, yeah. but it's not what you'd see in an episode of Columbo. Every now and again, it's really worthwhile to see Columbo get a little mean. Like in um, Ransom for a Dead Man, when he just like excoriates the daughter for giving him a slap mm-hmm. or in, uh, in, Oh dang. The fitness episode one with Robert. Right. Yes. Right. Robert Conrad. Yes. Robert Conrad. Yeah. Yeah. And then he just, I was confusing with William Conrad and I get scared anyway. <laughs> uh, and he just gets vicious with him. And I think it happens too in the Leonard Nimoy episode. And it's neat to see him become ruthless because that's in his toolkit he just knows when he when to break it out. Hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I as we, we say in our house, you you can't spell Columbo without entrapment. <laughs> um, well, yes, but this is this is a, this is in a different way. A this little is bit. Ridiculous. Which, How many and, pieces of nah. evidence did he grab? That, right, that yeah, just pocket, just pocketing like, things. Like yeah. five things. You know, I mean, he might do it occasionally, and he might do something tricky like um a friend in need, right? When he rents the apartment, like that's right. a classic combo entrapment, but that was clever. This is just, yes. The corkscrew, the cigar bit, the, you know, he's just taking stuff. Right. I don't know if any of this is going to hold up in a court of law. There's no subtlety to it at all. There's no sort oh. of end game. He's just, he's a pickpocket pretty much in this episode. I'm like, eh, it seems strange. It seems a bit <laughs> off. I wanted to like this one a lot. I wanted to like it based on uh, the actors and the performances, but it just didn't gel for me for some reason. I don't know. Well, the fact that it's Peter Fox's wife, um, that I kept coming back to that because if you if we did want to just count how many different hairstyles and ensembles, <laughs> we had, right? It's got to reach like two dozen. I mean, that's, 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 but that's bananas. Like, but how did she do that one when they were up on wait, the Wait, 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 Gwen. Gwen, it's what? It's bananas? <laughs> <laughs> bananas <laughs> headed out to everybody at the crying scene? Yes. Uh, or apples. It was a very healthy episode. Oh, very healthy, yes. I like that, that uh, how do you pronounce Rashi? Is Rashi? David Rashi or Rashi? Rashi. All right, so, yeah. I'll take that. Um, I like that yeah, uh, he proved he proved that bananas repel apples. That's the best part. Yes. It was like Pokemon, but with apple type, banana type. <laughs> uh, so I was trying to see when Denise and, and Falk married. And I just went over to Wikipedia real quick, and the damn thing's not telling me. Well, the thing is, like, uh, well, I thought it was interesting. Like, she was on the show many, many times over yeah. the years. Yeah. This is the first time she actually played a villain in it. I think the only time she played a villain in it. Otherwise, she usually associated with someone who was suspected of the crime 
or had been murdered. This was, I think, one of the only times she was actually an antagonist in the show, if I remember correctly. Which I thought that was interesting. They took this long to try that out, which was kind of <laughs> kind of fun, yeah. 77, by the way. They were married in 77. Oh, okay. Went right a ways back. Yeah, I love when Shira's on the show because she's, like, unapologetically brassy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's a good she's a good tough character. I wish we'd seen her on more stuff. She could have done I think she could have done a good turn on one of those hyper melodramatic Law and Order franchises. Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that that, that kind of uh, brassy aggressive I think she does that the best in we haven't talked about it yet, but the uh, murder self portrait episode mm-hmm. where she's the business manager of the five women or whatever that the artist guys with, which is creepy, but we'll get into that on that episode. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think she, that's the thing I keep coming back to. I think she did a good job. I think Dave Rochet did a great job. Barry Corbin. I never tired of seeing Barry Corbin on screen <laughs> doing something. And that can, and that thing alone, it's a great kind of, um, nineties TV artifact seeing him and Dave, you got like sledgehammer and Maurice, from um, Northern Exposure in the same episode of television, <laughs> which I love that. Just from that alone, I think that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, right. I remembered um, Roche or whatever his name is from. I'm like, he looks so familiar. So I had to go through his IMDb, and he was a, of course, he was on All My Children for a really long time. Like, he oh, okay. Guy for sure. Um, and Shira, I don't know. I mean, she looked great. The hair extensions blew my mind. <laughs> she's not a great actress you know like when he reveals that i mean if, if we go back to the episode the, the the twist was cool that they were going to frame her husband instead of killing the husband i liked that i liked how he got into the house with the alarm thing and mm-hmm. i, I like the murder which sounds really bad to say but i no, did. no it's fine <laughs> but you know like when colombo goes to the house and tells her that the guy's dead like her fake acting to pretend that <laughs> It was so poorly done. But it was supposed to be, wasn't it? I you know. I'm in a meta. I'm in a whirlpool in my head about it. Like, <laughs> but it really was. I, I, I kind of want to go back to one thing. Like, uh, in terms of the twists and David Roche, the yeah. fact that this episode did such a good job of you don't know what his position is in this entire story as the crime mm-hmm. scene guy until you absolutely have to. Yeah. Up, it, like they keep it a secret so well for so long to the point where it is actually kind of a surprise where, oh, you see him uh, with her talking about framing the guy, uh, framing the husband, and then he murders the guy, whatever. It keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. And Columbus, the crime scene for quite a while, and then turns around, oh, whoops, the guy investigating the crime scene is the one who just saw committing the murder. RJ, are Which you I think they did the episode that... for us at the end? Yes. In no. Barney's beanery as we speak? Well, I'm recapping it for people who listen to the podcast who don't <laughs> want to bother wasting their time watching this episode of it. <laughs> but, I mean, it. I like that the the uh, writing-wise, certainly, they did a great job of keeping that twist under wraps till well, well into the episode. When mm. there could have been things yeah. dropped in, like, oh, this apartment, there's a... I don't know, crime scene kid left open up on the windowsill or something. I don't know. But, like, they did a really good job of just keeping that to the point where, like, oh, no, how is this going to play out? 
It's a good so, premise. It's such a solid premise. And then they just kind of... Well, there's two great twists in this that I really I love. And, of course, one of them is finding out that the murderer actually works for the cops, mm-hmm. which we'll call a, a prescient kind of storyline. And the uh, at the end, when Columbo figures out that they know each other, you realize even though it looked like he was hounding uh, what's this character's name? I can't believe I'm blanking on it. Right, Kinsley. Uh, Kinsley. Patrick, yeah. When it looks like he's he's hounding Kinsley, it turns out no, actually he really likes him. He yeah. I got from I got from their portrayal that Columbo seems to think he found somebody like him finally. Hmm. Who's paying attention Some guy, to details and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I like, that. But then part of that is that bothers me with that is it takes him so long. It takes Columbo much longer than usual to figure things out, and it took mm-hmm. him until three quarters into the thing to, to see the guy shove over some NutraSweet, and that's oh. what cracked the case for him. And that he has to say that out loud—that bugged me so much. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The game we play in our family is when yeah. you think he knows, and yeah. Columbo always seems like suspicious to us. So, like when the guy's like handing out donuts at the. You know, at the crime scene. And right, exactly. It's, exactly. It should have been that. I'm like, huh, that's curious. Or like, he's he's at the house when Columbo shows up at the house later. Right. That should have been it. Yes. Nope. But don't give me this later business like, oh my God. Our Columbo yeah. is better than that. Plus, the, the other thing that bugged was the freaking slow-mo. <laughs> yeah, maybe everybody watching this is like. Oh, I've, in, got, I've got. The, I have that written down. I actually have that uh, marked. Yes. The the what the corkscrew at the beginning, and then the car, yeah. and it's like, come on, like we've seen Columbo before. We can we can connect the dots. You know, well, they obviously they obviously needed to stretch this episode out a little. Well, I know. <laughs> so, and, and you know, you give the people what they want, and they want more John Finnegan, always. <laughs> so that's what you do. You give, you give him that sweet, you sweet John Finnegan. This. One of my wife's favorite scenes, or at least one that made her laugh the loudest, was when Columbo's standing at the door with his alka seltzer and he yells back, Bonnie, can you get someone to take this? And then Finnegan eventually shows up and he just says, you hardly touch this, and disappears. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good bit. Yeah, it's a good yeah. bit. Could have used more of it. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my defense of this. Actually, show. yeah, I was just going to say, John convince us let's tell let's us, get this tell us why way. this is a good episode oh i'm not going to convince shit but uh right. so here's the thing i watched the thing like five years ago when i was binge watching all the columbos mm-hmm. and i didn't like it then i huh. i i remember liking the twist and thinking the rest of it was garbage so i ended up watching it three times this week preparing for the podcast my wife watched it with me twice goodness um i could never get laura to do that but yes i was god, god bless your wife man <laughs> Tell me about it. Has to put up with all of this and Columbo. Yeah. Um, so, so we watched it again, and I was really charmed by the acting. I know we've said already they're blameless, the actors. Yeah. But I was very charmed by it. I thought this the um, the twists were clever enough that I really liked the pacing of the episode. I like how Columbo sets it up very early in the episode. He just says to that, I think she was an accountant with a ridiculously pink office. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it, what's that? 
the, where did she go? Like that. that was yeah, right. She oh, just yeah. showed up and disappeared. A huge bit of staging. Um, <laughs> but, uh, well, you know, Columbo mentions, you know, in most of the time it's a spouse or loved one. And if you look back at the entire roster of Columbo episodes, how many times wasn't it the relative, you know, for, or business partner or somebody who was super obvious? So he kind of zeroes in on the obvious guy, the business rival, you know, and that's not atypical for Columbo. So that he didn't he didn't suspect a friendly cop of doing it, I think, is perfectly fine. I think it did take him a long time to get to the wife. Right. But obviously there's that takes an extra step uh, in your imagination bridge anyway. Hmm. So I found the performance was charming. Uh, I thought the twists were a lot of fun. Uh, there are individual scenes that are terrific, like the, just before the murder. I love that bit tremendously with the, oh, you must have a dozen maids. No, it's oh, yes, him, it's him probing now. and probing and probing. That was good. So yeah. good. A really good yeah. excuse. Although that thing where one of them was talking on the phone at a time, I thought was going to be part of the murder, but it wasn't. Yeah. So there was a lot of that, by the way. There was a lot of stuff that you're like, okay, how does this figure in? And it does not figure in. Right. Um, so I'm willing to forget a lot of... Oh, and plus, I love how they turn on each other. That's a, that's a thing I'm not sure we've seen done in Columbo too much, which is where you've got two people and you can really use them to convict each other as opposed to what Columbo does, which is just fill in the blanks so that both are guilty. Mm-hmm. Now, all of this being said... I really enjoyed it on Friday. When I watched it again on Saturday, didn't enjoy it so much. Still thought it was pretty good. Not as fun. On Monday, I might have skipped a couple scenes. So I can't defend this as being well, like the also, greatest. That, you're, you're, you're talking about like watching it like hour or like a 90-minute TV show like pretty much three days in a row. I'd skip yeah. some things too because I would have remembered stuff pretty well. So, yes, that's... Last time, actually, I was talking about stuff I didn't, I didn't notice the first time, but nothing was amazing. I, so there you go. Um, and obviously our millions of complaints are all perfectly valid. Plus, Columbo stole a shit ton of stuff in this episode. Right, like Glenn, like, like Glenn said, she, he, like, he totally it was wasn't just evidence, things though. left and right. Yeah, yeah it chocolates. all the chocolates. And chocolates. Of... He's stealing chocolates. <laughs> He's stealing cigar stubs. Yeah. The, um, and he was so blatant about wanting a Cuban cigar. I've never seen him do that before. It was like yeah. drooling, drooling over it. Yeah, and he was just like, I'm a cigar. He mentions it. Although it was worth it for Barry Corbin's expression, which was utter contempt. <laughs> anything anything would be worth it for any of Barry Corbin's expressions in this episode. Barry Corbin, positive. to me, is like uh, one of the best things about this episode. I am positive they scripted nothing for him. They just gave him... I could see that, uh, yeah. I could, I, could, I could see that, yeah. He felt like a completely different villain than we ever had on Columbo before. He would have been a good he, killer for real, right? In a Columbo episode. He would have yes. been fantastic. Still, yeah. uh, but, but he kind of disappears mid episode, right? Yes, like, yes. Framing him, but he isn't even really um, the the focal point after a while. And there's just clumsy business. Like, yeah, I get the this. Like I said, I like the murder. I like the setup. I like the guy in the house. What is with the cat dander? Like, why? <laughs> or just, it it's, not, it's not just dander. It's not just dander. It's just smearing clumps right. of cat um, fur all over it. It's like the thing to try to frame. Like, oh, okay. Like, if, right. she puts, like, the cat fur in her, her 
special purse or special pocketbook just for cat fur. Right, it's carrying like, around okay. the dustbuster and the, you know, yeah. and I'm like, and my husband, we're watching this, and he's like, what are they going to think that he, like, you know, killed him and then rolled around on the floor? <laughs> yes, like, that's exactly. Just to uh, yeah, just to, to pull this, go ahead and complain about something that I found intolerable in the episode. Although I thought it was kind of funny. <clears throat> um, yeah, it, it doesn't work to rub it on his back, yeah. right? right? Especially because his car is out there. All you really have to do is just kind of put it on the car a little bit. Yeah, it's going to show. Because that makes more sense, right? Um, yeah. Um, but, and then, uh, and then, I, then the photos ended up exonerating him in the end. Anyway, the wedding yeah. photos, where what? he's talking, to, where he's talking to that one guy, t- poor Ted, that poor bastard. Yeah, who everyone, everyone points out that Ted has gained a lot of weight recently. <laughs> right. Anytime the Ted guy at the wedding, whose face you never see, shows comes up, it's like, oh Ted, oh my goodness, he got fat. Big Franklin guy. Cover with- Oh yeah, man. Franklin good... Cobra was giving him shit. Yeah, and that dude's been pudgy well, actually, since seventy. Actually, no, Barry Barry Cobra did not because uh, Columbo no, refers to that as like big rotund guy, and Barry Corbin says, "Yeah, man's a good shape like me." No, no, Frank, oh, Franklin man. Franklin Cover, the neighbor from the Jeffersons. Oh yeah. Oh, I thought you said Barry Corbin. Yeah, their names are similar. So yes. Yeah, close enough. Yeah, close yeah. enough. So yeah, Barry Corbin uh, was defending Fat Ted, but the guy from the <laughs> Jeffersons. Was throwing him under the uh, the chubby bus. So yeah, there Absolutely. you go. The yeah, chubby bus. Yeah. Uh, but I so in regards to that though, like we did notice there were a bunch of ways you could have simplified the plot, and you know that's the thing. Oh, that moving yeah. parts are what get you. But on two different occasions in the episode, Shira Denise's character literally demands that they add more moving parts. There's when they're first plotting the crime. She tells him to do more than the bare, bare well, minimum to kill him. But then, and yeah, then when but they're then having she complains the about it, too, later on. Well, then later on she says, you should have put, planted more stuff. Right. Oh, like, yeah. no, should not plant. And he's even explaining to her, like, no. Yeah. No, let's not plant more stuff. Oh, you know what? Actually, when he's explaining that to her, uh, who popped into my head? That mm. uh, William H. Macy would have been really good in that role. I was thinking of William H. Macy as a guy explaining, like, no, no, you see, this is actually how it works. This is, like, I, he would have been perfect in this sort of uh, part, I think. And he could have uh, wandered off down the, and just uh, blown his brains out on the other end of the house while everyone's having a party. Yeah, yeah, yes. He's just such a dark actor. I don't know if I put him or in just, or just great, but he really Cried is in his underwear in a sleazy motel, either way. Yeah, see? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I guess you got a point, yeah. It's him in Happy Texas. Have you ever seen that movie? I have not. I've heard good things, not but I've not seen Texas. it. He, William H Macy has like a, a. It's a comedy, so he's not as as bleak as he usually. Is it? It's oh, not the one with um with uh oh shoot, Names? Steve Zahn. Yeah, Jeremy. Yeah. Nobody really huge right. at all, yeah, but yeah. it's cute. No, I remember. I remember it was uh, there were a bunch of ads for it on Comedy Central, and I remember checking it out in the theater. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Oh it, yeah. Like, and, uh, the only thing I remember is Mo Gaffney was in it. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, really briefly. Neat. Glad to help. All right. Hey, folks, it's probably available on DVD. Happy Texas at your local blockbuster. <laughs> Go look it up. Check it out. We still have some good lines in this. Like, I'm just going over my notes and, like, three eyes are better than one. Yeah, Come actually, on. no, that's a huge one. Funny. Let's talk about that because that is a giant Columbo thing right there. Yes. Columbo meta. 
You have you have to know your Colombo to to get that. But I mean, it's you know how you were liking when he with the Alka Seltzer, we were cracking up over the cat. Right. And you know, and he keeps yelling at the guy about Will, Will. Right. Yes. The cat. They're yelling He's at the him. only witness to the murder. Right. <laughs> So, but, and, and, that, but he's just having fun with it, you know, as well he should. It's such an iconic character that we want him, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, we don't want... I'm sorry. Sorry. No, I'm sorry, please. Um, no, I mean, then what kills me is like, and then there's dialogue like, oh, the first day of a homicide investigation, it's murder. Uh, like, oh, right. I wrote that down <laughs> in boo, in all caps, next to it on my... But also, I think <laughs> this is. I think this might have the first, uh, first maybe only swearing in a Columbo episode, because uh, Barry yeah. Corbin is talking about like uh, Sheridanese, like she was bullshitting around somewhere. But the bullshitting is covered up by him closing like his cigar box loudly. Uh-huh. I think that's the only place. It may have been uh, perhaps around the time NYPD Blue had been on, and they were thinking like getting a little like, oh well, we can push the envelope a little bit. With Columbo, <laughs> we, we can we can show uh, Dennis uh, Farina's ass. With uh, we can do this now, or yeah, who knows? Dennis, no, not Dennis Farina. Dennis, uh, what's his head? No, we got it. That was him, Dennis Farina. I'm thinking of Dennis. It was, uh, it was Dennis Farina who showed his ass on TV. Is that what you're? Oh, that's right. I heard about. I, I was I was thinking of the other Dennis who was on uh, Law and Order and also in Get Shorty. Oh oh oh. I think I'm right. No, you're right. That's yes. Dennis Farina. That's Dennis Farina. I'm thinking about oh, the uh, what Dennis What's His Head, who was in MIP Blue and um, Hill Street Blues and Dennis, Beverly Hills uh, Bunce. Yeah, he played what Gets right or oh, shit. Bunce. He played Bunce in like two. Bunce. Hours. That was it. Bunce. Yeah. Friends. Dennis Friends. Dennis Friends. Yes. Friends. Thank you. Thank yes, you. Thank you. That's who's ass America saw on TV. I hate and when we penance don't this for stuff. seeing uh, the asses of other people on MIP Blue. Anyway. Every time we this stuff, somebody leaves an iTunes review about, why don't they do their research? Because we just thought of this. Or why are they talking about Dennis Franz's ass? Yeah, well, let's make that the new podcast. Well, we're just a bunch of giggling frat boys, so who knows? The uh, I was looking up Charles Kipps's career here as a writer, and he's he got attached to Bill Cosby. So are we done with him? I saw that. That was strange. <laughs> he did a lot of Cosby stuff. Yeah, he did Little Bill. That little, that little cartoon about Bill Cosby being a little child. Right, but he did uh, Cosby Mysteries, too, didn't he? And co- he did four he did Cosby, Cosby Mysteries. mysteries. Well, were there more this... than four Cosby Mysteries? I don't think <laughs> there he, were, well, it's actually. it's going to be our short podcast, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, he wrote the Fat Albert movie. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Okay. <clears throat> so, that's well, this guy. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he'll be uh, testifying this spring. Who knows? <sighs> anyway, at the trial here in Philadelphia. Um, if we could get off of this, go back to the three eye thing because it it's been a thing, and I've always thought it was kind of weird, uh, where people talk about how, well, of course Peter Falk has a glass eye, but does Columbo have a glass eye? And this episode, it's just there. Right now we it's know. Just, yeah, it's just there. That to me, that settles it unequivocally. That's it. Yes, he does, because he makes a ga- he makes a joke about it to this guy offhandedly. That to me settles the whole issue, right? Yeah, yeah. I wish they were all like this. I wish it was just like I got, I got one eye, and my wife is real. That would have been just <laughs> yes, ending. actually, that would have been great. Like just pull her on, like a Vera, <laughs> like Vera on Cheers with yeah. a pie on her face, and that's it. There you go. Yeah, she's still a she's there. Yes. All right, that's it. 
So that doesn't need to be a debate any longer in the in the extensive Columbo community. That does not need to be a debate. He settles it there. Oh, there's one, yeah. There's one scene that actually I I got kind of obsessed with. It's when the, all the cops are at the um, at the house looking at the body in the first time and eating bananas <clears throat> and eating bananas. And I got so like wound up about this one actor that was had. He was the guy who did the, yeah, I'll take a banana, you know? Yeah. And then he had to kind of eat a banana. Right. For that whole scene. And, like, keeping it, being so, I have to imagine you have to be incredibly careful not to overeat the banana. Mm-hmm. Right. And also to multiple the... times when it's getting hot <laughs> and <laughs> melting under the lights. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they must have kept replacing it. And uh, he's in a shot with that... Um, that character who is the representative from the alarm company, and she's right. got that ridiculous ascot that <laughs> keeps getting tucked in and untucked from shot to shot. Oh, I didn't notice that, really. And no. I was telling, I'm telling my girl, like, I hope this was shot like in one single continuous frame, like Touch of Evil. <laughs> he gets the banana, and then the camera just does not turn off, and we get all that stuff in real time, just <laughs> tucking in and untucking her ascot, him eating a banana. Mm. So, yeah. That's all I got. No, okay. I mean, no, no, it's good. <laughs> he has enough charm to pull off stuff like that. Like, I mean, I love when my husband just bursts out laughing at just like some bit of business that Peter Falk does because we just, we just love him. Like, it's not even that he has the banana. He has the banana in like a freaking plastic or in a paper bag. Right. You know, right. right. Why? Why? So, why? Yeah, he's eating the egg in the car with the salt. Oh, that's great. Actually, that is one of the most 70s feeling things of this episode when he's waiting for the attorney. And yeah, right. he's just sitting in in his shitty car, eating the hard boiled egg, putting salt on it, which that feels like a 70s episode moment, like more than anything else in this entire thing. You know which I, I love that. But then there's like, eh, yeah, the rest of it. You know what I love about that shot? Hmm is uh, the salt shaker he's using. Mm-hmm. It's like a restaurant salt, salt shaker. Oh, like one of those plastic so, deals that's kind of like a scallop around the edges? No, gla- glass with a metal top. Oh, okay. Like a diner salt shaker. Yeah. And it's I am 100%... He walked off with it from Barney's. Sure, oh, probably. That's my feeling. In fact, I'm going to go look at my screen caps and see if Barney had the same what? salt shakers. We're going to put an end to this. Along with like a million other places in... The great old no, Barney has the same salt shakers. He's oh, still right, he probably Barney. did then. Who knows? Well, he took right. everything else in this episode, so why not yes. a salt? Yeah, yeah, like, like the cigar, the cigar butts. That was a weird thing. Like he would need one of those. He wouldn't need to do that twice. Why do you have to do it twice? That's well, strange. speaking of cigar butts, help me out on this one, guys. I think the timeline on the planted evidence is completely fucked up because okay. how so? So. Kinsley, all right, so he plants the cigar butt in the ashtray, takes off. But then the cat got out, so when did the cat take that to not have it? Ah, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. I never got exactly how that worked with the cat supposedly stealing it. Right, the cat is gone before there's an opportunity. Yeah. Because he walks in and he says, or when he gets caught in the house later, he says, "I I knew I saw a cigar butt there. I'm like... But how? Right, yeah. If you had seen it there before, it still would have been there. Yeah, it's a big... I'm going to say cheap, but I'm going to say just bad writing. It was just a little sloppy. Yeah, Yeah. it was very sloppy, yeah. Because there was no... Yeah, because the cat wouldn't have 
taken at that point because the cat had gotten out. So it would have been there someplace because the guy was like on his hands and knees, the damn <laughs> flashlight in the crime scene looking for the thing. I don't that know. Is, somebody call the DA and we will. The we DA will... who was not the best actor in the world. I thought. No, but how freaking ferocious was that scene? Columbo like bursts into another office. Mm-hmm. And you think and... also Columbo at this point in 1997, well into his career, probably mm-hmm. an awfully good track record as far as we know. Right. Uh, taking down uh, high high profile cases, probably some benefit for the doubt would be given there. Oh, come on. He's very disrespectful. But but he's been he's <laughs> taken down numerous uh, local television hosts. Yeah, uh, what are you doing? Heads of military academies, uh, congressional candidates, uh, representatives of like a presidential candidates. Well, that seems like a really people. good reason. Seems like a really good reason to keep him out of your office. I I know, but do you think <laughs> if you're like, a high-ranking, well-paid district attorney in the city of Los Angeles, keep that guy who keeps arresting rich people out of my office? Well, I guess so. <laughs> So I have a question for you guys. This is like an urban legend I've always kind of wondered about. I, I, re- I read somewhere. Yes, if been... you put the, someone's hand in the water uh, while they're sleeping, that does happen. <laughs> yes. Um, his car. So I heard like after the first series got canceled, they took the car and they took it to like an auto pound or something. And then when 20 years later, when they decided to bring the series back, they went back to the pound and the car was still there. It was like <laughs> the same car. I think I've read that too. I'm not 100 percent sure though. But I, I, I've, re- I've read that too, but I'm not. I don't know the veracity of that. But I, I've read that as well. Yeah, that they were able to grab the same thing. Yeah, there weren't, my, there weren't a ton of those around. My feeling was that actually it had fallen. Somebody had purchased it. Oh, oh. they got it from that person. Just like, hey, can yeah. we use it for the series? Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, actually, here I, we've got a little story here, uh, as always, from columbosite.freeuk.com. Always has good information. Uh, after Columbo ended its NBC run, Falk remained convinced that the car was safely stored on the Universal back lot, uh, where he first recognized the automobile must belong to a Columbo. When ABC announced plans to revive Columbo, Link discovered that Universal had sold the car. Uh. Parties in Florida and San Diego claimed to have the original, but it was found in Ohio. Oh, weird. There you go. Some fun stuff. In Ohio. Ohio. I wonder if they had to, like, kind of unrestore it somehow. Yes, they did. Oh, so they had to, like, kind of take, like, seal wool and make it look awful. They they mostly had to dirty it up, as I understand it, because I don't think the owner had restored it. I think he just wanted the Columbo car. Oh, so it was to be like, oh, hey, I like this old car. I'm going to like put it yeah. in like, how it would look in France at the time. But, he, <laughs> but it was actually a Columbo fan, maybe, who was like, it's a car from Columbo, $20, sure. Okay. $20. Well, I mean, I can't, it couldn't have been that much. Because, I mean, it's a team, like a film studio wanting to get rid of something from this TV show that had ended probably 20 years previous to them selling it to somebody. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing. I don't know. So what are your guys' favorite episodes from this era? Because I... Oh. Such a hard time with the 90s ones, but I know there's, like, a few that I do 
that I do like. Oh, this one's like the fifth from the end, so we're really yeah. in like the, the yeah. Drum. No, this is the home stretch. Oh, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to give a comprehensive list because we are planning to do like a best of episode. Uh, but I, I can but, give you a couple that I like. Yeah, give her a couple. I could definitely. I I uh, I think the very 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 last one, Columbo likes the nightlife. Uh-huh. I like a great deal because it just shows how they could have done a couple more mm-hmm. um, and done it in a really nice way. Um, Bird in the Hand, I liked a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, those would probably be the two where I'd be like, yeah, those. Unreserved, <laughs> like, without any question, say, like, watch those two. Those are good. Those actually feel like the old ones, sort yeah, of. Those, oh, those actually, the, like... the one with um, uh, the Magoon one where he owns the funeral home, too. That is a fun that's a fun one. one that's yeah. a fun one. It's not great, but that's a fun one. But I think those three at this point, I'd say those would be okay to watch. Yeah. Huh. I like the one where he goes to college. Oh, well, goes to college. We were not we huge fans it. of that. We were not huge fans. <laughs> I'm liking it. I'll have to rewatch it again. Maybe I'm yeah. just, my, I went in with low expectations. That and um the Fisher Stevens. Oh, that one's actually, that one's fun and bizarre and strange. Yeah. Yeah, that one's actually kind of fun. Uh, John, what would you say to that question? Oh, you know, you you basically, I mean, if if you were going to stumble out and say, quick, desperately give me a a good Columbo from the 90s. You're like like clutching your chest, the gunshot wound, a sucking gunshot wound. Give me your best ones from the 90s. It's a VIP cartoon. It's some guy crawling through the desert. Gets to a little bar in the <laughs> middle of nowhere and says, I need to know a good 90s Columbo Um So anyway, yeah, Columbo Likes the Nightlife was really the first one where it appeared that they were getting the, figuring out a 90s formula that would work. So, of course, it was the last episode. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, Bird in the Hand, we just reviewed. It was, it was really quite good. I, I'm a fan of Butterfly and Shades of Grey. I think it's it's seedier than oh, Columbo's. Oh, yes, yeah, but... yeah, the, 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 the yeah. Shatner one. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's I'm good. very fond of it. Either of the Magoons are, are fun or fine. Um, yeah, and I mean, here's the other thing. Like, I think this is, this is what happened with me with Trace of Murder, is the more of these 90s episodes I watch, the more I kind of understand their... They're a gentler and a funnier Columbo. He's playing to his age. Right. And there's something, it has a more farcical feel than the, you know, at, at worst, the 70s one would be satirical. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. and usually just a little cynical. But it's it's kind of fun that it's it's wrapping up into this kind of broad almost comical character because he gets to build his own world around himself. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm learning to like it better. I have a feeling I, some of the nineties episodes we were real cool on mm-hmm. and, and find something better about them. Hmm. Yeah. Even if you go back and watch uh, murder of a rock star. Yeah. Really? Well, <laughs> you, you know, like I, that. I can already tell you what I like about murder of a rock star. Thank Creighton's you very much. Law, which didn't exist. That's, yes. Yeah. Creighton's that's, that's an entirely made up thing, though. So it's not what was actually in the episode. Blah. So yeah, um, but like I'm looking through my notes and just like I wrote down a lot of Barry Corbin lines too, which almost yeah. I didn't think about it before, but it makes me your your offhanded thing earlier, John, about they may have just let him go. I don't know. Right. Like the thing where uh, Columbo comes in and tells him, like, "Well, sir, I don't think he did it." 
Like towards the end, it's like, oh, I'll enter prison with a light heart. And the way he <laughs> delivers that is so good. And, yeah. and him uh, talking to Columbo about the way he does cigars, like, oh, yeah, no, and I'm like a beaver. Like, there was so much good, like, gruff stuff uh, from him in this that I wish there had almost been more of that. And, like, yeah, like Gwen, like you said, he just kind of disappears halfway through this thing. Yeah, when, I mean, he doesn't want to dance with his wife. Oh, the um, I'll get out of your hair. That was classic. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, there could have been a, there should have been a lot more of him in this, but they just kind of let the character go away after a certain point, which I think is kind of a shame. Yeah, it was the best. Yeah, best color they had, really. Yeah, no, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, the color. He was like very. Yeah, he, he was. Yeah, because yes, exactly. Bless. Bless, bless our David Rasha. Rashi, I really got to learn this. I think it's for sure. You know, I'm pretty sure you read stuff and you never hear it, and you right. just do yes. your best. Rashi, David Rashi, um, because uh, when we first meet him, and, and he and Denise are lying in bed, and she she describes him as sensitive and passionate. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I do enjoy the man's work, but bless his heart, he's a muppet. There is nothing passionate or sensitive about him. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he wasn't very compelling. You didn't have like an icy, you know, coldness or a inherent charm or, you know, I mean, I, I thought it was cute how he and Columbo would talk shop and stuff, but. I, just, yeah. I like he was much he better like... being nervous. He's a good comic actor, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, I watched a bunch of clips from Sledgehammer before we started recording and they hold up. It's pretty funny. Yeah. With Sledgehammer. Is this a like a crime show? It, it was a weird parody. It was like a half-hour sitcom, um, <laughs> with no wow. laugh, tr- with no laugh track, single camera. Wow. Uh, back in what eighty? Hey. Oh, late eighties, nineties. And it was a parody of uh, Dirty Harry, but it was very broad. Um, yeah, it was very strange. It was very strange, very funny. And he played the main character, Sledgehammer who is this very hyper-violent cop with an enormous gun who just, that's how he solved everything, by just shooting things. Wow. And he had the angry police captain who was always screaming at mm-hmm. him and having, on the verge of heart attacks, and he was paired up with a uh, uh, a woman uh, as a partner, and he didn't like that at all, and mm-hmm. they were just in these ridiculous uh, situations investigating crimes, and it was a very strange show. It was like Alan... Uh, the creator of that, the writer of that. I'm. Oh, sorry, Alan Spencer. I was. Alan Spencer, yes, was the guy who uh... who came back later and did that. Is it uh, that series on? Um... IFC. IFC. Thank the very you. Very violent Carl. one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, bullet bullet in the face. Yes. Um, Which but... is so good and is maybe one of my favorite shows. I still, of I all still time. not seen that. Um, but also Roche, he's like uh, been doing stuff with um, uh, the the uh, folks who do um, in the thick of it. Uh, he did the uh, the American film, well, the American British film, uh, based on that. Um, plus, also he's been on Veep as a recording role because of that. Um, but yeah, he said he's done a lot of that recently, and I thought he was very good and all that stuff. So yeah, I'm oh, sorry, he was on Bored to Death. I forgot that for several yeah. episodes. Yeah, um, shows what I know. Apparently, the AV Club did a big interview with him just a couple of years ago in honor of the 30th anniversary of Sledgehammer. Apparently oh, there's some that. So we have an interview with him and with Alan Spencer. So there's some reading material on the AV club for you. If you really want to know more about Sledgehammer 
Yeah, I think and they just. Uh, I think they. I think they did the uh, the DVD set for their anniversary. Okay. Uh, back then, so yeah. All right. Well, good. well, I'm glad. I'm glad he had a good career. I mean, you know, not every, everybody's a great fit on Columbo. No, yeah. yeah, I think it's, I always liked him too. Plus, he's like one of those. Uh, he's one of those like a Chicago area actors too. He was involved in like theater stuff around there. So he's like one of those guys came out of that whole community and then just yeah went on from that. Which those people, they always seem a little bit better than the uh, New York folks to me. But yeah, that's just me being from the Midwest. That's your Midwestern. Uh, I know, but then there. also it seems like you get some uh, sometimes some better actors from the Chicago land area then. Well, yeah, but you know, because I'm from the, I'm from the American Southwest. So I only like actors who go. Yeehaw! Yeah. So yeah. there we go. So you like the Barry Corbin characters. I like me some Barry else. Corbin's. Yep. Yeah. Actually, where is Barry Corbin from? Is he from oh, God, that part of the world? Like no, he is. He's from La Mesa, Texas. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That that's makes perfect. sense then. And he's got yeah, a 15 that's a acre. He's got a 15 acre ranch in Fort Worth. Of course he does. I can't believe it's only 15 acres. Huh? That's enough. You don't need more than 15 Very acres. Very than I really expected yeah. about 30 to 40. Anyway. Well, actually, uh, we were talking about, uh, before uh, we uh, logged on to start recording things, uh, John and I were talking briefly about uh, Barry Corbin as being one of those kind of ubiquitous uh, character actors for such a long time. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about like uh, uh, what we most associate him with. And uh, Gwen, what, what do you most, like when you see this guy show up or something, you think, oh, is that guy from that and that? Like, what, Northern. What are things? Yes, that's my first one too. Yeah. For me, it's Northern Exposure, but and he's... I'm sorry, what? Wasn't that like... Oh, I guess it's around the same time. As, yeah, as actually, this. it's not too far. Yeah. I did yeah. not realize he was bald. That's uh, that's what I that's my either. big... Yeah. I associate him with the Northern Exposure and his, uh, his, uh, his uh, brief part in No Country for Old Men. Like, those are the two things right. I remember him. Uh, lots of stuff, but th- when I see him, those are the two things that pop into my head immediately. Or those things that just created most of more of an impression on me, but especially yeah, northern exposure. I was, I was born in uh, nineteen. I was born in nineteen twenty-one, so <laughs> I primarily remember him from Dallas and War Games. Yeah, oh, I, 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 always, War Games. I know. I always right. forget War Games with him. I always forget him uh, as yeah, being the general, the 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 yeah. skeptical general <laughs> who didn't think these computers should be taken over. This stuff. He was right. She was not a after Oh, yeah, he was in uh, Urban Cowboy, um, oh, Norma gosh. Ray. Wait, he's Michael in the, he was, oh, wow. He's in the TV version of Norma Ray. Oh, I'm Ray, sorry, TV yeah. version. But still, it's Norma, <laughs> I saw it's Norma that, Ray. I saw that, too, and got really excited. Like, oh, really? <laughs> no, yeah, no, he was he was great. So I have a question for you guys. Uh, with all these, you know, Murphy Brown type shows that are coming back, are you nervous? Are you worried that they are going to try to reboot the Columbo. It's funny you should bring that up because I mean that's come, <laughs> that, that that has come up over the years. Like one of the things when we first started talking about this, like um, uh, and and one of the first people we had on the show was uh, Mallory Ortberg, where she'd written this uh, column about like oh well you know it should be like a Doctor Who thing or something like that. And it, uh, yeah, the and the um, of course the Mark Ruffalo thing has come up many times over uh, the years. Uh, but John saw something today. He was just telling me about just before we started the program, uh, where a uh, popular website, popular-ish website, had written this. So, John, please uh, do. Uh... Yeah, up, uprocks.com wrote, and it's it's a it's kind of a snide article about just consuming, I guess, um, like pro. 
but they they wrote it under the precept of identifying who should play Columbo in a reboot, and their suggestion is an incredibly safe, incredibly boring choice: Jake Johnson from New Girl. That's not safe and boring. What's safe That's and boring about that? Dull is he's he's just the made-for-TV Mark Ruffalo. I don't, I'm not familiar with this guy at all, so I can't really say. He's handsome. He's. I never watched. I never watched New Girl. I never watched that show, so I don't. I don't know. Four hundred other actors. Yeah, I mean, I've he seen photos. Like, like oh, that guy. Is. This okay. is what I'm saying. That's no, well, so you haven't seen him, so you can't really say. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I don't know. No, I don't know. I I, I I don't know him. When I, RJ, hold on. When Sorry. I say I don't know who he is, I'm being super ironic, because. Mm. I, I know who he is, but even though I know who he is, I have no idea who he is. He's wow. just a complete cipher. I, that show is balls, and I none of those guys on there have a presence that I give a shit about. Well, that's because you were born in twenty one. You know, yeah, yeah exactly. I like my Harold Lloyd generation. But I'm I like my you, uh, Fatty Arbuckle. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> he was born in Evanston, and uh, did a lot of stuff around Chicago. So Very I'm going to say like. For me, he's got a leg up there. I don't know, but I've never actually seen much that he's done at all. So I don't. Yeah, I've Hold never, I've never like seen him. episode New Girl, so I have no idea. Also, the Joe Swanberg movies. If you know who that is, he's a Chicago-based director who's very into improv. Um, they call it mumble, which is kind of a disservice. But anyway, he's in a lot of his movies, and um, I don't know. Oh, They're those really... guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh, and actually, yeah, it's like oh, he's the guy. Uh, who is the inspiration for Drunk History? I didn't know that. Like Derek Waters, the... Derek Waters was having a conversation with him about uh, Otis Redding's death, and that's what made Derek Waters think, "Hey, this might be interesting uh, to really? record this." Yes, he was talking this. to him. Wow, he was talking to him well, about it. Okay, that's funny. well. So we have a lot to thank him for. Well, I'm I kind of much as I would like to see. I don't know. I'm still leaning toward. I don't want it to come back. I don't want any of these. Oh things no, to come no, back. yeah, no. That that's I, that would be my preference. Yeah. People watch the original things and enjoy right. those. Make new things. Yeah. Yeah. Have Nobody the has have ideas. Yes. Have these talented folks make a new thing that's different that we can enjoy. Make a new Plus, story. Make a new preference. Uh, yeah, premise and yeah. They've proven historically you can take the concept of Colombo and run somewhere with it. Mm-hmm. You know, Law and Order CI was heavily influenced by Columbo. Oh, sure, yes. I yeah. think House was. Just the yeah. idea is Monk good enough to, to a spawn tiny extent, I guess, is a quirky kind of Oh, guy. yeah, Monk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. Yeah, I would I'm... rather see that. You know, I'd rather see the legacy survive in new media than, than yes. see it just reiterated. Yeah. yeah. I I think that's true. I'm reviewing, like, one of the things I'm reviewing right now for AV Club is, though, Will and Grace reboot, oh, which was yeah. a show that I liked a lot, you know, back in the in the day. And if you're gonna bring it back, then make it funny or make it have progressed or do something. We already like these characters. Let's just not, you know, do the same old thing. And a lot of times they are, and it's very frustrating to me. And I, I'm like, so what's the reason? I'm like, oh, well, it's a cash grab. It's NBC wanting a, you know, a tried and true property, which 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 was actually kind of my problem with um, a lot of these 90s Columbo episodes where it would come back. Ooh, way to bring it all back around. Nice. <laughs> like, well, no, but I mean, he would, they would come back and the episode is like they would hit the touch points in a very 
kind of, I would think, cynical way, like to remind you, like, here's this crazy old car. Here he yeah. is being quirky. And there's a few of these 90s episodes where they do that really hard and it doesn't, and it, it, it's very glaring and obvious. And the ones that are like the best from this era are the ones where, no, just have him be this character and those things are there, sure, but you're not pointing out, like, here's your favorite old Uncle Columbo. Like, no, just do that. Have the good story around it and have him just be the guy that you liked back then, but just tell a fucking Columbo story, but in this time frame, in this era. And I think the I think they the ones where they uh, were really trying very hard to point out and just try to remind you of what you liked the 70s ones, I think those fare a lot worse than the ones where, no, it's a Columbo episode, it's just happening now. You're fine. Mm-hmm. Just watch it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can, uh, I, I called this up earlier, I was mentioning it to RJ. Um, you can see by this point, the whole Columbo brand is pretty moribund. <clears throat> by taking a look at what was on on May 15th, 1997, opposite Columbo. Yeah, because that's pretty late in this, too. Yeah, so what It was... is very late in this. And, uh, okay, so ABC proceeds, leads into Columbo with the Three Stooges' greatest hits. What? Uh, oh, my God. Just let that one sink in. 1997. Well, I'm, I'm trying to think May. Is that even at the point where they'd be... It's a Sunday night, I'm assuming? It's a Sunday night. It's a Sunday night, no, yeah. Sorry, actually, no, hold on, hold on, come back. I'm sorry, this is so important. Mm-hmm. It's a Thursday night. Thursday night, 1997? So NBC was, well... No, 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 don't Well, no, they were giving don't up spoil. NBC to... They were giving up Thursday NBC in 1997. Like, there's no reason oh to, God. like, yeah. Did I just say, don't give it up? Anyway. But I mean, come on, if you, you think Thursday night, anytime in the 80s through much of the 90s and early 2000s, it's NBC. NBC's got that yeah, entire here's, night. Here's, what they're, up against. here's yeah. what they're up against on NBC. They've got Friends yeah. uh, opposite the Three Stooges thing. Right. Seinfeld open against the opening of Columbo. Okay. And then e- ER for the last half. Yeah, so it, there's no... Yeah, they That know. was a disaster. It, it, Seinfeld... It's like, like, what show are you putting up against the Super Bowl or the Academy Awards or whatever? Nobody cares. You're just throwing up stuff. See, like, yeah, you're running, you're burning the all the The other two things. channels... I mean, actually, it looks like all three channels just gave up. But CBS is showing Grumpy Old Men and 48 Hours. Yeah. But that's the, the news channel for the news thing. Right. Yeah. I don't think it's a movie. Uh, and then Fox just had World's Scariest Police Shootouts. <laughs> and, of course they did back then. Of course they did. Yeah. And something Most called... thing I've ever heard. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Which it was like Wild Animals Scariest Police Shootouts or something like that would have been right. perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then something called New York Undercover, and then of course because it was '97, uh, 10 o'clock came around and they stopped broadcasting. Right? Yeah, yeah it would be local news. Yeah, they still do that. <laughs> yeah, here we get like Fox. Yeah. And then the only the only thing on that uh, NBC was something uh, that didn't survive. It was something called Fired Up. Oh, which... that seems familiar. That's us um, with Sharon. What's her name? Lawrence. Yeah. Oh, Leah, right. Gosh. Yeah, oh, Leah Remini's in it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, anyways, I mean, the, Seinfeld got a twenty point seven rating. Uh, ER got twenty four. Columbo got eight point eight. Yeah. Yeah. Because. So I mean, it was just at that right. point they were basically yeah. throwing them out. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Columbo. Yeah. Better yeah. to die with dignity. But yeah, this episode, maybe not. But yes. <laughs> In general. Oh, well, right. what, 
so I think uh, I think anybody listening to this thing uh, this far in is not going to be super surprised as we go around uh, the horn here and uh, get people's final thoughts. We'll start with Gwen. What worked? What didn't work? And uh, what did you think of this one overall? Um, watching Columbo is always going to be fun for me, no matter what. The worst Columbo is better than like the best diagnosis murder or Matlock or excellent point. Yes. You know, I'm going to watch him. I love Peter Falk. I I love him in everything. I love him in princess bride and wings of desire, but I always love him in Columbo. So it's fun. We, so last night, you know, sat down with my husband, my son who barely looked up from his iPad, but we're like, you're, you're in front of me. So that's, you know, that's enough. Um, And and the business that (laughs) you do, it's always, yeah, it's just going to be cute and fun and we're still going to like it and we're still going to like him like, you know, his uh, double answers, like when she's like, you know, how dare you with my husband and totally probably nobody's like, oh, I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't think your husband did it. Like kind of, right. right. Like he, that's the part of Columbo that we like mm-hmm. that I like that. But the other half just seems to be written by somebody who'd never seen the show before. Mm. The, Columbo we know would never, even though he, you know, their writer and directors apparently had history with this show before, but he would never be like, they know each other. That just made me want to like throw something at the TV. Right. Um, it was just too, in the slow-mo, it was just too ham-fisted, too walking us through it. And, oh, and it's just like, we're smarter than that. And that's what I always liked about Columbo is like, it never, it never played down to us. You know, it always like expected us to be on the same level as Columbo. So we're like, we're figuring it out. He's figuring it out. This was like, he was, Columbo was like painstakingly explaining it to us, which rang totally wrong for me. So that's why I ultimately, I probably would not give this one another rewatch ever. I completely agree. And actually, as you were talking about it, being some like other Columbos, I, I was thinking about the fact that this writer <clears throat> had also done Cosby Mysteries. It makes me wonder if, oh, there was a couple of unsold ideas he'd had from back. So I don't know, I think I've, yeah, I've not seen more than five minutes of that show in my life. So maybe that structure of that show mm-hmm. is fits with this episode. I don't know. <clears throat> And it seems like they were just kind of trying to shoehorn something else into the Columbo sort of, yeah, I think maybe, I don't know. It seems like it's somebody had written something for something else and thought like, yeah, we'll throw Columbo in and throw a couple of his familiar elements in. That's it. There you go. Um, yeah. It was because it's almost a good episode. The the plot, the, 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 the central plot of it, it's a great idea. Yeah. Mm. Um, but just the way in which it's executed, especially at the end with that weird summary where, yeah, like you said, it's just kind of, yeah, we get it. We're not dummies. We've been watching for a while. Thanks. Um, it, just, it just completely just falls apart with that. And it just, it's almost a good episode and it just falls short of the mark and it just makes it more frustrating than even the bad 90s ones where yeah. you don't expect anything and it's not good all the way through. This one is like, oh, here's almost something, and then, like, oh, no. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Yep. So it, it's a little disappointing. I don't expect to ever watch it again, unless I'm flipping channels on a Sunday morning, and it's on uh, uh, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, and I'll watch it for five minutes before switching over to the uh, Law & Order reruns on TNT. So, okay. Yep. Yeah. John! Yes, sir. 
Uh, we know you liked this more than you <clears throat> did. What would you rate it, however? Well, I got it. So just just to defend the value of it, if you are listening to this and you just happen to come across Trace of Murder, it's on Hallmark or Antenna or Comet or whatever one of these old <laughs> Comet. TV I'd th- love to say that Comet. I have no idea what the difference is, to be honest. I just know they're old TV shows. Comet, Comet is actually not bad. It's all weird science fiction stuff, and they actually oh. run um, old Mystery Science Theater 3000 episodes on Sunday nights. At least oh. they used to until like recently. They might still, but yeah, it, it's strange seeing it not on uh, DVD or Netflix or something. You just flip the channels and like, oh, hey, there, there's the idiot and the robots. That's great. Watch them make fun of stuff. It's, it's <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. Man, anyway. I'll check that out. But uh, so what I would recommend is just uh, enjoy it on its merits, accept it on its merits, get what enjoyment you can out of it. Bail 20 minutes before the end. Yeah. Yes. Whatever you do. Uh, So this is I mean, it's never going to be a classic. It's never going to it's definitely not in the best of the 90s. It's not going to be in a top 10 list. It might be in a top 25, Mm. but I, Uh I doubt it. Really no, I, I, I can think. I can think of quite a few worse than this. So yeah. I oh yeah. That. Oh, quite a few. Worse I don't know if this, I can. Yes. I don't know if I can think of fifty worse than this, or however many we do need. Yeah. Um. So I, I will. I'm gonna give it. I originally wanted to give it two apples and and three bananas out of ten. <laughs> but because we completely neglected to talk about this character, I'm I'm going to give it five sassy convenience store clerks. Oh, right. God, I forgot about that dude. That dude dude who hard sell, well, he doesn't really hard sell, but he sells Columbo like a, Columbo buys like a case of protein bars. (laughs) Right. I just love that when he finds out Columbo's a cop, he's immediately like, okay, I'll get some, uh, I'll sell it to you cheap. Right. (laughs) Thinking that Columbo's shaking him down for free stuff, which isn't the case. That's fun. Well, actually, and, and speaking of ancillary guys, uh, who work in like a uh, service roles? Uh the the uh, waiter at Barney's Beanery, mm. who's just kind of strange, and is in that last twenty minute explanation for no reason at all. Like, there's no reason for the guy oh. to be in there, and his acting oh, yeah. is so bizarre. Um, that guy I enjoyed quite a bit too. Maybe because they were lovers, like his weird delivery of the lines. <laughs> oh, it's so strange. Mm. Oh, well. God bless those two guys. The, <laughs> the convenience store clerk and the weird the weird waiter at Barney's Beanery. Watch it for those alone, people and folks. And like John said, stop stop your VHS tape before the last 20 minutes of the feature. <laughs> your VHS and, tape. And you'll be in much better shape. Well, Gwen, thank you for uh, coming back and doing this again. Uh, oh, my glad we were able to to talk to you again before the end of all of this uh, this nonsense um if folks uh want to say obviously the av club but uh where are the av club so you're looking specifically or just go to the website in general uh, to tell folks where they should be looking for your stuff online um yeah avclub.com we also just started a new food website called the takeout.com but i'm the only one on the site so i'm easy to find and actually <laughs> good yes i would hope so and uh, i know right um I wrote, uh, there's a list of my 10 favorite Columbo episodes on the AV Club, if you really want to dive even deeper. Yeah, should. And, and you ought yeah. to, yes. I don't think there's any 90 episodes on that list. but Yeah, I wouldn't guess so. Um, <laughs> well, actually, so, I, I, 
uh, before this and whatnot, how many, like, uh, have you seen many of the 90s episodes, or you pretty much just have seen the 70s ones and that's it, you stick in that sort of area? I, I love the 70s ones. I think for that for that piece, I didn't want, I wanted to have some um, from the newer ones, so I think I did do Butterfly in Shades of Grey mm. and uh, the, gu- the guillotine one with Anthony Andrews. Oh, the, yes, 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 yes. Revisit the guy, which I think was like the first one when Columbo came back. Yeah, it was. Just to, you know, just to spread it out a little bit, because I, I, I love the, I love the chat. Well, I love anytime Shatner is right. around. Yes, um, right. So and there he are was some, fun in yeah. that. Oh man, he was so hammy. So there's some that have their moments. I totally, I totally get that. Yeah, but eh, uh-huh. yeah, it, it's the the older ones are better. I think, <laughs> I, think I think that's that's definitely agreed. That's yeah. true. But yeah, we'll we'll get into that. I'm sure in like the next. A uh, few episodes or so. Oh my God, John, we're almost done with this whole thing. Good lord. Yeah. What's your next show going to be, guys? Do you have another one picked out? Not Murder quite yet. She we wrote. Keep, yeah, okay, we keep joking about it, but uh, not sure yet. Not sure mm-hmm. yet. In terms of this, I have a pretty good idea what the next episode of this one's going to be. It might not necessarily be a Columbo. Might be a Mrs., but we'll see. Uh, still working that one out. But uh, in terms of a podcast after this one, mm. yeah, we haven't we haven't worked that out. Uh, that's probably going to be worked out through our uh, attorneys. We have such a good idea, but there's so many like cultural uh, speed bumps about it. I, which one, which, one, which it one are you? Sad. Wait, which one are you yeah, talking no. about? Because I can't think. I Bilko. can't think of one. What? Bilko. Bilko. Oh, that one. Oh, I was and then we that. somehow have to find. People... I was thinking of a different. I was thinking of a different one than the Bilko thing. I was, oh, thinking, what were you the, thinking, I was thinking of the. Uh, <clears throat> crime show one. Yeah, okay. Jumping around. They're jumping around the uh, different crime shows, but I don't know. I think that wouldn't be easier. I don't know. Well, we, 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 got, we got to talk about that. And we got time. It takes... It, it, we'll go on another four-month hiatus without an alert any day now. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Finishes, I'm hoping not, but yes, who knows. Um, so, John, uh, what do you have uh, coming up with things and whatnot anything uh, you got you got a book you're working on at all or what, what's going on or too early to talk about any stuff i don't or... know <laughs> all right fair I have, enough i have something i just finished i don't know if it's too early to talk about we'll just hold on to it and wait for the thing all right yeah that four month hiatus talk about the end of that um <laughs> all right well that's a program for this time around uh if you want to listen to other episodes of our show uh you can look for us at our website jmtpodcast.com they're all there or search for just one more thing on your favorite uh, podcasting application, whether it be uh, the iTunes or the iPhone podcast app or Stitcher or uh, Google or what have you. Uh, we like to update our social media presences pretty often or JMT podcast on both Twitter and Tumblr. On Tumblr, uh, John posts uh, things about falling off of a scaffolding, apparently it just sounds like, um, and uh, screen grabs from the episodes and whatnot. Uh, if you want to write to us, and like we just uh, answered a whole bunch of your correspondence, our last episode, you can write to us at Columbo at thecitydesk.net. Um, yeah, that's where you can find us. So you can write to us, get a hold of us. We like hearing from all of you out there. Uh, that's the, uh, the podcast this time around. I'm R.J. White. I'm John Morris. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Listen, just one more thing. Hey, John. Hey, Lieutenant. You want a banana? What?
They're very healthy. What's very healthy? They're the best. I don't know about above the lungs, but this whole area here is protected. Oh, bananas. You want one? Yeah, I'll take a banana. Uh, what do you got? Hey, Will, come here a minute. He was first on the scene. Uh, I received a call. Uh, ready. Care for a banana? Oh, hey, thanks. 